Hey everybody, welcome back to So You Want to Be in Ministry. I'm Tim, and we are all about getting you to the finish line that God has put in front of you. We want to get you there, whatever that would be. It might be a career in, in full-time ministry, it might be just a short time, but we want to get you to that finish line. We want to do that through three specific ways. We want to uh, equip you if you're already in. We want to educate you if you're thinking about jumping in. And we want to encourage you if you're on the verge of stepping out or, or walking away. And maybe it's just not your time. Maybe it's not your finish line yet. And we want to encourage you to get to that finish line. Today, we get the opportunity to uh, interview the first person from our my church staff uh, that I'm going to bring on. Uh, his name is Gavin McWhorter. He has done an amazing job putting together our outreach ministry. I would say before, we always wanted outreach to happen. Uh, we did some intentional things, but we really, we wanted to get very, very intentional with it. We wanted to have a, sustain, a sustainable system in it. And we brought on Gavin uh, to our church staff to really tackle that thing. And he did an amazing job. And, and I brought him on to just talk about this. I am guessing this is not uh, the only church, that we're not the only church that's trying to figure this out in America. It can be interesting trying to figure out how to connect with your community, whether it's local or regional or maybe even global. And how do, how do you do that? How do you do that well? How do you do it in a sustainable way? I would say that we're still learning, uh, but we did land on a pretty good system that worked out for us and actually worked out for a lot of our partners, which Gavin's going to talk about. So uh, pay attention to those. You will notice uh, he's fairly young, uh, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, but it is it has been exciting to watch Gavin growing up. I, I've actually got to see him grow up over the last uh, almost decade, and he is he has grown up into a pretty incredible man of God. And I'm excited to see where everything goes. But uh, I'll let you hear it from him. So let's jump into this interview. Well, hey Gavin, glad to have you on the podcast today. Uh, you know. I remember first meeting you when you were like 12, uh, <laughs> like seven years ago. Uh, you were, uh, frankly, you're just like a little punk in the youth group and you were watching yeah. my kids. Uh, we were doing some church thing and you were going to watch my kids. Yeah. So that's kind of the first interaction I had with you. You've grown a ton. Uh, you're really new to this uh, ministry thing, full-time being on staff. So I'm actually very interested in picking your brain. And you had a major, major project handed to you over this last year. And so I want to talk about that some too. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to talk about it. All right. Cool, man. Well, tell us how... how. So I hope you don't mind, but it is something that I say often. You're probably sick of me saying this about you, but it's just true. And it's so rare. Uh, you're 19 years old. Have you yes. turned 20 yet? I will at the end of June. Okay. So what I've seen out of you in the last three years, like it, just going 17, 18, 19, has been just amazing to see how you've grown in leadership and just some of the things that have been going on with you. So I want to acknowledge that because as people kind of check in and see this, um, I want them to see somebody who, when, when you just kind of give your heart to Jesus and you just follow and you're willing to do the hard things, God can do some pretty special things. And so I want to... Uh, but uh, I want I want people to realize that there's something special to uh, a guy that just kind of hands Jesus his heart and then is willing to grow and do the hard things, which I've seen you do. And so uh, still at very, very early in this journey, 
But yes. we as a church have trusted you a lot, and uh, and you just keep going and you keep learning and growing. So I want to use that as a moment to challenge some other pastors. You may have some people sitting there that have this ability if you just lean in. But saying all of that, why don't you tell us how did you get into uh, pursuing a staff position, being on staff, some of those things, like what led up to those decisions and how did it all happen? So around 2020, which has been the, about the three-year mark that you've been looking at me, um, and I was able to attend that community college and get my associate's degree. And so while I was getting my associate's degree, that entire time I was planning on um, getting a business administration degree through just an associate's um, and as we were going through that course, I hadn't really realized what I was wanting to do yet until after the first semester of it. And I realized I want to um, go into real estate. I want to make the money. I want to have the houses. I want to have the cars. I want to have the girls. I want to have the life. I want to be financially secure and, and live however I wanted to. And so one of the first things that came to mind was at that time, I was uh, volunteering here at Metro. Um, on our production team. And so I have I had a rough understanding of the staff. I also grew up here um, at Metro. And so I knew it. I watched as new people came and old people left and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, John Homecamp, who is our director of operations, used to work in the radio industry before he joined ministry here. Um, and uh, he has fantastic leadership skills, uh, but not only that, he has fantastic organization skills. Uh, the, the things that are on his plate at any given time would honestly make me melt at how exhausted that list would be. And so I was thinking, what else would be um, a better idea than to inter, uh, intern under him? Um, and so I had came up to him just after a Saturday night service around October of 2020. Um, and I said, hey, uh, would love to interview you. And he kind of was like, yeah, I'm, 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 uh, let's talk about it in February. And I was like, that was a solid no. Anywho, around February timeframe, dude actually reached out to me and I was like, what? Holy crap. Anywho. Um, and so he said, yeah, I'm going to allow you to intern under me. And so I did an eight week internship. Um, and during that internship, I learned a lot of stuff about just how a business runs, how this organization runs. One thing that I really love about Metro and that I'm finding out about Metro that um, is unique compared to a lot of other churches is we genuinely run the insides uh, um, as far as finances and as far as administration go. Uh, we run it as a Fortune 500 company to where we're making sure that we're being super secure with our money and that ultimately we're making sure that we're being good stewards of God's money through that process and stuff. Um, but I interned under him for eight weeks, learned a lot, said, Hey, would love to stick around if I could. Um, and he said, yeah, you can stick around. It would have to be unpaid though. And so I didn't think anything of it. And I said, okay, sounds good. Whatever. I don't care. Um, sure. I'm, I'm 18, whatever. <laughs> right. What's money? Yeah. I mean, I'm working towards money, but like, what's money? Um, but, um, and so I then interned under our production director at the time um, and just learned more about the area that I was currently serving in and stuff like that. Um, and then around May, so I did internship under John from around February to uh, late March. And then from late March to about late May, I did a production internship. Um, at the end of May, I found out that Seth, who uh, was just a campus and teaching pastor 
um, at the time was going to be launching a new microsite for our church um, in Troy, which is about 10 minutes um, south of Edwardsville. And so I asked him if I could be part of that, and he ended up saying yes, surprisingly. Um, to this day, I'm still wondering why this man is trusting me with as much as he does, because he literally <laughs> said, hey, who do I want to be my co-pilot and, like, basically help me run this thing? How about a 17-year-old boy? I, yeah. Do that. It, that is a rare thing. Um but I'll even, I know this is kind of moving the story forward, but I was watching from a distance and I was just like, there's so many times where my eyes were like almost popping out of my head, like, wow, but he's doing really good. <laughs> like he's doing good stuff. So yeah, you did, you helped out with that micro site, which we could probably even talk about some of that some other time. Yeah. Because you move forward, micro site has to close down, shut down. Uh, just, we, we, frankly, we tried it during COVID just to give us another option. Uh, we move forward. That kind of ends. Where does that leave you at that point? At that point, uh, that was from about May to December of 2021. Yeah. Uh, and so around the December timeframe of 2021, um, Seth had to sit me down in his office and basically say, Hey, right now we don't really have the finances to put you in, in any other department. So as I was in Troy, I came to the realization that um, I wasn't going to want to do real estate anymore. And I was really wanting more to pursue either in ministry or to do um, nonprofit organizational work. Um, and so basically during that time, God kind of assured me like, hey, it's not about the money. It's about the people. You're in the industry for people, not money. And I, I kind of held on to that. I said, yeah, I really am. Um, and so... Seth had to end up letting me go because there wasn't another spot for me to continue my my path here. And so I really thought that that door was just completely shut. Um, God's kind of cool, though, and he does whatever he wants to do. And you just got to be like, yes, Lord. Um, and so um, about a month later, I got a call from Andrew, who is our communications director. Um, and he said, hey, I got I got a job for you. It's going to be paid. You're going to do social media and a little bit of um, creative elements. Um, and so I said, perfect, sounds good, fantastic, I'll do that. I just wanted to get back into Metro. Um, did that from about February to July. Um, and over time, I became uh, more and more tired of the job um, because it wasn't really, it was slight organization, but if we're going to be completely honest, it was more, um, it was more grunt work and creative stuff. And my brain is such a logistical brain that creative stuff will drain me um, more than anything. And so around July timeframe, I walked into um, Seth's office and I said, hey, um, there's a good chance that I may be stepping down shortly. Um, but before I do, I wanted to just shoot a shot in the dark. And I wanted to um, say, I would love um, I love the way that our church is going. I've seen the spiritual growth in, in, in a matter of a year um, and just watching as God is moving in this church. Um, but one thing that I think is missing in this church is outreach. Um, and at the time, I didn't know this. I wasn't told until about a few months later. But um, the meeting prior to that was um, another candidate for the position that I currently have who respectfully declined it. And so literally just... Like I said, God does what he wants to do. And so as that person was walking out of the, out of his office, 
um, after respectfully declining the position, I walked in and I was like, so, hey, Seth, you ever thought about like outreach? And <laughs> Seth was like, no, really? Outreach? What's that? And then so he ended up offering me um, the position that I have now, which is overseeing our local and regional outreach um, initiatives. Um, and so that was in August. And ever since August of 22, um, I've just been in this role and I've loved every bit of it. Yeah, which is what I want to focus on here. And that is, it, it really did happen that way where it's like, uh, I think there are many of us who are like, what are we going to do now? And then Gavin just sticks his head in the office and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Easy solution. One thing that I want to capture though is, because uh, I don't, with you walking through it like that, I don't think I've thought about this before, but um, you basically were just like, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I think it's this church thing. Maybe it's a nonprofit thing. But something just kept getting presented to you and you just kept going, okay, yes. And mm -hmm. so like even even like you said there, it didn't totally fit, but you were like, all right, just I'll I guess I'll do it for now and just figure yeah. this out. What what encouragement could you give to some people that might be trying to break into ministry or break into like doing things at a church or nonprofit where it may not totally be the position that they were hoping for, but it is something. Like, do you have any advice or thought process with some of that? I'm going to be completely honest and say that um, throughout the entirety of the process, it, it was about a roughly year and a half to two year long process of um, from starting just with John as the director of operations mm -hmm. and moving into this outreach position. And I believe that every single day of that was extremely necessary because if we're going to be completely honest, and this is another thing that just completely baffles me, um, I was stupidly immature. Like <laughs> I was, I was the idiot kid that ran around and thought that he was hot crap and didn't know anything, but really thought he did. My confidence was through the roof. I thought that I could do anything and everything. And so, but over the course of that year to year and a half, um, sorry, year and a half to two year time period from starting with John to the outreach position was so crucial in building my maturity and mm -hmm. building my understanding of how an office actually functions. And so, although there were a lot of portions in that, that I was confused and that I was really wondering, Hey, like, why am I even doing this? I don't even like it. And yet I still show up every day. Um, it was it, over time, just building my maturity, building my social awareness skills, building my interpersonal skills to mm -hmm. where now I can go and have meetings with multiple people a day and act like a, an adult per se, yeah. uh, when honestly, two years ago, would not have been able to do that. I would have been kicked out of offices because of how immature and idiotic I was. And so just going through, going through grunt work and going through just random things that weren't necessarily my passion really helped me get a perspective of just how to still do a good job and what the job that I've been given yeah. and still pursue after that but also being patient and knowing that this is where the Lord wants me at this point in time. And therefore I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to work hard. Yeah. And you, and you did work hard. You were faithful. I do think you have matured uh, all, all that. I agree. And it's really neat that you capture that and you could see that, that I needed those two years to actually be successful at the one, at the thing I really did actually want to do. And then when it, the opportunity presented itself, all those, uh, two years of multiple different responsibilities kind of helped you out. So yeah. with that, uh, we, uh, yeah, Seth gave you a major task. Uh, just, I'm going to clear up some of the history. We didn't have a focused outreach ministry. We did outreach stuff and like we did events and different things, but we didn't have a focused intentional, like 
strategic outreach ministry, which uh, when he when you were given that task, he was like, all right, you're basically building this thing. So go and walk us through that process, because I can tell you, man, we weren't we aren't the only church that has had to think through this. We're not the only church that had to figure that out. There's probably still a number of churches that are like, yeah, we need to do this, too. How do we do this? Take them through kind of the process that you walk through to get us to launch day. So if we're going to be completely honest, one thing that um, one thing that I love about Seth, um, who is our lead pastor right mm-hmm. now, um, I I have the privilege to directly report to him, and he's just been a great guy. Um, but one of the things that uh, I, I do love but also slightly frustrates <laughs> me about him is that he – just gives you just this 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 end goal and he doesn't tell you how to get there because yeah. he wants you to figure out how to get there by yourself. He wants you to figure out what's the because he he doesn't know what the best way for Gavin is to get to that end goal. He knows that Gavin will figure out what's the best way for Gavin to get to that end goal. Yeah. And so there was a lot of trial and error. Um initially I thought, okay, well we're gonna do um we're just gonna host a bunch of random events. And then I told Seth that and Seth was like I mean, why reinvent the wheel whenever there's already a wheel? And I said, okay, that, that kind of makes sense. And so then we started going down the path of um, doing partnerships. And so what that looks like is we have roughly 15, um, 15 local organizations within the Edwardsville area that we are partnered with and that our Edwardsville campus will pour into with resources, with finances and with people uh, volunteering. And then what else we have is we have three partnership organizations within our Vandalia campus area where our Vandalia campus is going to do the same exact three things where they're they're providing monetary support, they're providing people support, and then they're also providing um, resources of any kind, whether that's through collection drive or donations um, from the members of the church. And so, and then on top of that, we added another layer to that. Um, there, there are two organizations that have really touched um, the heart of our church and that we've had, um, like, like you had said previously, we, um, we did some events yeah. prior to mm-hmm. launching our outreach ministry. Um, and so with some of those events, one of those was um, one of our regional partnerships. And so we now have regional partners, two of them to be exact, where it's not necessarily Edwardsville uh, supports them, and it's not necessarily where Vandalia supports them, but those type of partnerships is where Metro at large mm-hmm. comes together and says, hey, we love the mission of what this organization is doing. It may be 300 miles that way, but we still want to support them. We still want to love them in any way that we can. Um, and so watching as the church does that is also super cool. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what what needs to be true like when you were trying to figure out because there's there could be hundreds of organizations that you just connect with so what were some of the things as you were trying to siphon through and go okay some fit some don't what what were some factors that allowed you to kind of go we're going to focus on these like what were the boundaries you started putting in place to know who to focus on yeah of course um so with organizations it's 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 hard and it's tricky. Um, one, nonprofit organizations, I'm going to be completely honest, the majority of them are awful at communication. And so that's one of the fun things to play around with. 
So with that, um, one of the things that I've had to do is part of my vetting process is figuring out whether or not they're going to respond in a timely manner. Because if an organization takes three to four weeks to respond to one email, um, it's not necessarily something that we're going to actively be able to have this uh, coherent relationship with. And that's what we're really aiming for in the partnership process is making it to where it's coherent, making it to where I can reach out to them and get a response soon. Um, and if they reach out to me, I will respond within two to three business days, making sure that we can try to meet any needs that they're trying to get met. Um, one of the biggest important things that I look at is where their um, where their biblical stance lays. Um, now, for for our vetting process, it's not necessarily where we have to um, say that this is a gospel centered organization for us to partner with, but. What is most important to me is saying that this organization cannot contradict the uh, the gospel. Uh, this organization can't go against what the Bible says. This organization can't um, go against what Jesus himself has said throughout the New Testament and throughout the gospels themselves. And so um, that's a really important thing for me. And then the, the last thing is um, why. I like to look at why they're helping people. Um, one of the most important questions that I'll ask um, in my first meeting whenever I'm looking into organizations and such is um, why is this organization a thing? Because I want to know the story behind it. I want to know why you guys are doing it. Um, and nine times out of 10, it's such a heartfelt story to where I can really tell like, hey, these people have a passion for loving people. Um, and a lot of the times that passion for loving people is rooted through the love of Christ that they've received. But, um, and sometimes it's not, which is, um, which is okay. But one of the things that I do um, and that I try to encourage is we have a handful of organizations that are specifically not gospel centered. And one of the, one of the things that I will say to those organizations within our preliminary meetings of deciding whether or not we're going to go down the road of partnership is, um, Hey, are you comfortable because our people are going to be encouraged and asked to share the gospel to the people that they're working alongside with in your organization and in turn, the people that your organization is serving. Um, and if they end up saying, no, we're not comfortable with you guys sharing the gospel, we're not comfortable with you guys putting religion into it, um, that's where we will just have to respectfully part ways. Um, and I, I'll let them know that, like, hey, um, we would love to help you, but at the end of the day, we can, um, at the end of the day, we can make someone's life more comfortable here on earth, but it's going to be pointless if they still end up in hell. And that's something that I'm taking to heart. And that's something that I really try to drive as I'm leading out um, my portions of this ministry. Yeah. So that's a, so that goes back to, they don't necessarily have to be gospel centered. They just can't be anti gospel. Yeah. yeah. And so there, yeah, we don't care if you share the gospel, just that's not who we are. Uh, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. So that's cool. <clears throat> What are some obstacles that you have faced when trying to connect and partner with, uh, you know, local or regional organizations? Um, one of the biggest things that I'm um, trying to still tackle and still try to really navigate myself is the fact that I can't help anything and everything. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to say no. Um, I personally, myself, um, one of my insecurities is that I am a, I'm a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I have organization after organization after organization reaching out and saying, Hey, we really want this thing. Hey, we really want that thing. Hey, we really want this thing. Um, and that's just not really falling in the scope of those three things that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's really hard for me to say, hey, I'm sorry, but this is not something that we offer. And um, a lot of the times what will end up happening in those type of situations is um, the organization will say, okay, that's fantastic. But there are a few instances where I'll get a little bit of pushback from an organization and um, um, whether that's if we're in a partnership or if we're not in a partnership. And so just really trying to navigate how to still act like Christ while also saying no to some needs that we aren't able to meet. Yeah, yeah, that is an obstacle. All right, so you were given uh, charge of the the outreach. We we took some time to launch it all on a weekend. Like we had a, we had a sermon series, we had everything. Talk a little bit about that launch weekend and what you did to make it uh, special, or really make it feel like this is a big deal, and we're doing something special here through our outreach program. Yeah, so the the weekend was super cool um, all around it. What we ended up doing was months in advance, we, uh, our creative team here at Metro, wanted to make sure that this entire service was fully revolved around outreach and the concept of what it is and uh, making sure that Metro at large knew that, like, hey, this is going to be a core fundant, a word. Fundamental? Foundational. Okay. Foundational. This would be a foundational piece of uh, of who we are as a church. And so they went into it planning, um, making sure that every portion of that service was going to be revolved around um, what it means to go out and be, uh, be, be the light of the world and, and show the love of Jesus Christ. Um, and then the, the, here at Metro, we do services on Saturday and Sunday. And so what we did was our Metro students uh, ministry held their own outreach project that Saturday on campus here at Edwardsville, and they were able to make around 25 beds for uh, kids within the Metro East area that are now able to sleep on beds instead of floors. Um, and so that was a really cool, cool kickstart to how we we're going to start the weekend. And then whenever the weekend services actually happened here in Edwardsville, we had um, 14, I believe, 14 organizations that ended up showing up and like basically setting up booths expo style all throughout our lobby where they were able to um, have interactions with our church members where they were able to interact with them and say, hey, this is what our organization is all about and this is how we want you to get plugged into us. Um, and, and we as a church were also urging like, hey, hey, we have this awesome opportunity. We have this nexus point go out there and serve, be the hands and feet of Christ. And and I believe that you guys did the same thing in Vandalia uh, where you had the three organizations that you guys are partnered with within your lobby and you guys were able to have a lot of people partner with them as well. Yeah, you talked about the nexus point there. Could you talk a little bit about how we created a nexus point as a church? And just explain that a little bit. Um, it, it was, we weren't trying to, manage all the details of everybody getting involved with that, uh, every organization. We were just trying to be the conduit to get them to the right place. So talk a little bit about how we did that. Yeah, of course. So we ended up implementing a website, which is metrooutreach.org. If you want to go out and check it out, that'd be cool. So the three ways that you would be able to get involved um, is first being informed. Um, and so with every organization that we're partnered with, we have a little blurb about them and just a real, uh, a short brief highlight of who they are and what they do. Um, and then every organization um, that has a website, we have a website to where we can send you towards them where you can find out the entirety of what they do. 
Um, the second one was getting involved. And so we, um, as a church and as a ministry, are going to be hosting different events throughout all of our ministries, whether that's just individual serving opportunities or whether it's through any of our next generation um, ministries or finally through our small groups. And that's available through both in our Edwardsville and our Vandalia campus. Um, and then the third one was just fulfilling ongoing needs. A lot of these organizations have needs that they're trying to fill on a weekly basis. And so we have the ability where you're able to read through them um, on the website and you're able to really figure out what's something that you would be able to do, what's something that you feel like you would have fun doing. And then you can fill out a brief form um, explaining your availability, what most interests you, and all that kind of stuff. And once you fill out that form, it goes to our outreach team, and we get you plugged into that organization within about a week's time. Um, and then other than that, the last piece of the nexus point was that our organizations themselves were able to interact with each other, knowing that they are all part of Metro Outreach, um, and they can utilize each other to help support each other's missions. I was going to ask you that because uh... – if there was anything that happened that you were like, oh, we weren't expecting that, you kind of, yeah. you just touched on it. Go go there a little bit, because that was an unexpected kind of uh, solution that happened. Yeah, so um, about a week after um, the launch weekend, I went ahead and reached out to all the organizations and just said thank you for being a part of it um, and asked um, if they were able to get any um any opportunities filled during that time. And surprisingly enough, I had multiple organizations tell me like, yes, yeah, we had so many people plugged in. But honestly, what the crazy part was, was that we were able to get plugged in with the other organizations that were also there. And so I know of numerous organizations where they said, hey, we're an organization that offers this and this organization over here offers that and we could really use them and they could use us. And now we are able to make it to where these organizations through Metro Outreach are able to come together and help further each other's missions, like I said previously. Yeah, that that was the cool thing for me is we were trying to be the nexus point for our church. We didn't know we were going to be the nexus yeah. point for all these organizations as well. Um, I do want to go back and capture something because this might get missed because I do think we can have a tendency. I think a natural tendency of just humanity is to try to just keep, uh, maybe keep control or or have our pulse of just everything that's happening with all these places and who's involved where you mentioned it, where you said, we're trying to get them involved in the organization. So somebody from our church says, Hey, I want to do this. We connect them to that organization. And then what do you do from there? Do you, do you just kind of go, okay, they're plugged in and you back away. Like what happens after that? So basically we, we, the, the thought process that I had going into it and the thought process that the team had going into it was that the first initial contact that we were hoping that people get is at one of the events that we ourselves schedule. And so whenever, say if um, we host this event with an organization that builds beds, um, they come, they help, they say, this is fantastic. I love building the beds. It was fun to work with my hands. Also, it's really cool to know that because of what I did, there's now a kid who can actually sleep on a bed with a mattress instead of sleeping on the floor. And so if they love that so much, what we encourage them to do is we encourage them to fill out the form on the ongoing needs page. And so they go from get connected to ongoing needs. And then whenever they do that, like I said previously, they fill out that form and we get them connected. Once they're connected, what our hopes are is that they start to build a relationship with the organization themselves. And so what Metro Outreach's goal is, what Metro Outreach's goal is, is they want to just be the middleman 
to get them connected. And then once they are connected and they build a relationship, we want to step back and help other people continue to do that. Yes. And and I love that because it's it's about getting a person connected and then their heartbeat becomes for that organization. Their heartbeat isn't like, well, Metro needs me to do something. No, it's they're they're personally invested in that organization. Yeah. I love that. All right, you have some fresh eyes in ministry. We talked about you being kind of newer to all of this, even though you actually have a few years of uh, experience now. Um, What are some things that you're seeing that you are excited about what the next 40 years could look like? So really, the church, while while you're growing in an adult from basically from now until almost retirement, what are you excited about what the church could look like? Uh, I'm really excited to see the growth of it. Um, all across the United States right now, we're watching as the, the next generation, um, I believe generation Z is what they call me or something like that, um, is getting on fire for the Lord. Um, and it's really cool to watch as this generation not only just says, Hey, I think I'm going to become a Christian because I'm afraid to go to hell, but I think I'm going to go to become a Christian because I genuinely want to claim Christ. And so to be in a church where I get to help propel that forward in any way that I can and in any way the Lord wants to use me in that aspect, it's super cool to watch as we build that generation up. And hopefully within the next 40 years, we get, I get to watch two more generations after Gen Z be have that same fire for the Holy Spirit to be within them, have that same fire for genuinely claiming Christ and not just saying, oh yeah, I am a Christian but it's mainly because I can go to heaven and I'm not really going to focus on what Christianity is while I'm on this earth, but they're actually saying, Hey, my life is now yours. Whatever it is, I want my life just to be worshiped to you. It's awesome, man. I hope I get to see a part of that as well. (laughs) I don't know if I get to see 40 years of it, but I'd love to see all 40 years of that. So it'd be cool. What's uh, one tool or lesson that you've learned here over the last two or three years, maybe that you wish you had from the beginning, or it could be that you were so thankful you had it from the beginning? Uh, One of the biggest things that I have learned so far is you don't know the whole picture. Um, And so a lot of times what I personally will do is I'll hear a small little tidbit, which is quite honestly about two to three percent of an entire situation. And I'll react based off of what that is without actually trying to figure out what the entire situation was. Um, and so really the biggest thing that I've had to learn is to ask questions before reacting um, and just making sure that uh, I'm doing it in a loving manner um, and I'm wanting to understand the entirety of the picture before I formulate any opinions or reactions. Yeah, there's some wisdom in that. I, I don't know anybody in their 40s that still is working on that either, though. Like, uh, you know, there's nobody nobody being interviewed or being the interviewer right now that uh, might struggle with that a ton, from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's a good thing to learn. I'm glad you're learning it uh, younger than I probably <laughs> did. Um, what are one or two books or podcasts that you just um, you, you would want to recommend for other people that you just get a lot out of that you've learned a lot from? So um, as you can see, I read a whole lot of books. Um, I personally don't like reading. Um, the only thing that I really enjoy reading, which I'm glad that I do, because if I didn't, that'd be an issue, is the Bible. Um, but other than that, I haven't been much of a reader. I do enjoy listening, though. And so um, I will listen to podcasts. Um, one of the biggest ones that have helped me within um, just the workplace and, and adapting to ministry is uh, Craig Rochelle's podcast for leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, where he has just learned 
he had, he has taught me uh, through that podcast just to how to operate in an office, um, but most importantly, how to operate in leadership. Because being 19 years old right now um, and, and having a, a leadership area where I am right now is, um, is rare, and I want to make sure that I'm doing that with the most wisdom that I can. And he has taught me a lot of how to lead uh, effectively and lead as Christ did. Awesome, man. That's a, that's a good one. I listen to it almost every episode. Probably yeah. probably not every, but it, it's almost every. I really do enjoy his. And he puts a lot of intentionality in it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, do you have an encouraging word for those that may be struggling? They could be at the front end of their ministry like you were, and they're just they're not necessarily doing what they really want to do, but they're just trying to go day by day and they're struggling. It could be they're older. They, they just hit a rough season. They could be in a rough situation yeah. at their church. What, give, us, give us some encouraging word to those individuals. So one of the things that I like to do, uh, one of the things that I like to do um, is have a five-year plan. Um, and, and honestly, myself, if I could, I would do a 30-year plan because I want to make sure that every single day is planned out. I use my calendar religiously. Like, I, like even uh, even small things like, hey, I'm cutting the grass. I'm going to schedule it out on my calendar. Um, but the biggest thing that I've had to learn is one day at a time. Um, it's, the, it's the aspect of don't worry about tomorrow because today has its own worries. Um, and really just holding on to that because quite honestly, what anything and everything that you think today is going to look like could change at a moment's time if that's what the Lord wants. And so really just being in surrender to saying, hey, if I truthfully am your servant, I'm just going to do whatever you call me to do and I'm going to be faithful in it. I'm going to work hard in it, but I'm going to be faithful in it. And therefore, I'm not going to worry about what the future holds because I need to focus on what you have in my life for the right now and how I can how I can accomplish that. That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, I've enjoyed talking with you. I think I think there's going to be a lot of people that uh, find a lot of hope and encouragement, and hopefully they they learn how to connect with their community a little bit in outreach yeah. as well. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, the next 40 years too, man. I hope I get to see you grow, and I, I hope I get to be a part of it, a lot of it. Yeah, I'm excited for it, and I'm thankful that you are part of this story. I'm thankful that you're part of this staff. Um, and just being able to work with you and being able to get wisdom from you. Uh, it's really been a blessing. Yeah, cool, man. Well, I will let you go. Thank you for your time. Look forward awesome. to this coming out. Man, I can tell you, I hope the 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 hope that Gavin has for his generation, I hope that happens. I'm excited to see what God does with his generation. Um, we're seeing them really come to life and do some pretty cool things within our church. Uh, and I think that each of us as a pastor, we've got some younger people in our churches that if we just give a little bit of time to, if we point what does it really mean to live for Jesus and we just kind of cut them loose, I think you're going to see some pretty cool things happen with that generation in your own church. And so make sure you're being intentional about that, uh, about seeing them. They're, they're going to be inexperienced. They're going to be young. They're going to make mistakes like I made the same mistakes when I was their age. You probably did too, but somebody along the way gave us an opportunity to make those mistakes and, and, and to learn and to grow. And those of us that had a heartbeat to just keep going and pursuing after Jesus and learning the right way, we, we get to do it for the next generation now. So I think we need to take time to do that. Look for those individuals in your church and do that. And if you're interested in, in outreach, go to metrooutreach.org. 
uh, get some ideas. You're going to do it your own way in your context. Like, uh, let's like everybody's going to have their own version of this, but do your version. Like, we need to be atten- intentional about connecting with area ministries and area organizations and, and letting them know the church of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God does care about you and we want to be plugged in. And then find a way where you don't have to be hands-on. You can literally just connect them to the source and let them partner with them. And then uh, God will do his thing. God will take care of those things. And you just be intentional as a church to keep leaning in and partnering where you can as, as a whole church. But uh, I hope that gave you some ideas. I hope that uh, encouraged you, uh, not only about outreach, but about the next generation. I'm looking forward to seeing what God does with all of it. As we kind of conclude this episode, if you would, if you'd like, subscribe, uh, write a review, do all the things uh, on the various podcasting platforms or on YouTube, I would really appreciate it. And feel free to always give feedback. Uh, you can you can give it through uh, reviews. You can give it through comments on YouTube. I do read them. I do pay attention to them. And if there is a specific area of ministry you would like to know more about or you would like to hear from some people in, let me know that because I want to pay attention to uh, the equipping that is out there. And maybe it's just an area where you're like, I need some encouragement in this area. I, I just I need to know what's going on there. Let me know. And I'll find the person to uh, encourage you in those areas as well. But I look forward to seeing you in our next episode. See you then.